Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This episode of Believe is brought to you by Cryptid Coffee Co. Use promo code BELIEVE on checkout for 10% off their angry Yowie coffee blend. Head over to cryptid.com.au to check them out. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, un- like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight I'm joined by Lewis, and Lewis had an encounter with a Minbin light out in Western Queensland. Lewis, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks, Cade. Yeah, thanks for having me on, mate. It's cool to have you on, man. I I really like Min Min encounters because uh, not a lot of people really come forward to to talk about them. So I'm actually really excited. And um, because you're Indigenous, you're you're going to give us this really unique uh, aspect to that kind of law when it comes to us. So I'm really really intrigued to to hear about this because. Uh, the the Min Min light is such a, a classic Australian only trope when it comes to the to the weird and the and the paranormal. So I'm I'm really keen to kind of hear about it. So are you able to take us back to when this all happened to you? Yeah, mate. So um, first of all, um, you know, just to get a bit of background on myself, uh, uh, my Indigenous heritage, I um, more so identify with my Torres Strait Islander family. But my grandfather's country um, is uh, in Charleville, which is located about two hours from where this encounter was. So, um, you know, growing up, I heard a lot about these stories. Um, my grandfather personally isn't like he is an Aboriginal man from uh, um, the Charleville area, but he's uh, he's a bit of a skeptic. So. You know, he does tell us. He, you know, growing up, he told us a lot about these stories. But he, um, yeah, he's very skeptical. Like, uh, he doesn't really follow any of the, you know, the local beliefs. But that's not to say that his family doesn't. So, um, yeah. Anyways, um, 
this uh, particular encounter I had was uh, located in central Queensland on the Landsborough Highway um, in a town just outside a town called Morven. So I was working as a labourer on a civil mining camp located between Augathella and Morven in central Queensland. So I was located about an hour between both of those towns. And um, it was at the back end of 2012 and it just happened to be the like the 10 year anniversary the other day like not even joking it was literally the other day i had the 10 10 year anniversary of this um of this story and to to this day i can still recount every single like second of this encounter so like because we were working in central queensland me and my younger brother Lyndon had a job out there um on, on this particular camp there was no phone reception so I had, uh, you know, just recently, you know, split up with my my partner at the time. So, you know, I, I took every chance I could to, you know, chat to people on the phone. But I had to I had to drive an hour up the road just to the just outside of Morven, um, just located there was near the train tracks. There was this big dirt patch where we knew there was reception. So I drove um I drove all the way out there this one particular night. I can't remember exactly what date it was, but it was like it was around it was around November um twenty twelve. So um yeah, I'm just trying to recount this properly. Um you know, I contextual to the story, I, I was driving uh, you know, a two thousand seven Rodeo, which I'd never ever had a drama with like i'd never had a problem with this ute um it had like a hundred thousand k's on it and diesel utes last forever so this car has never not started and that's contextual to the story so i was um i was on the phone to uh another ex of mine who i'd been split up with for like you know five years but she was a good friend of mine so like i said like i took every opportunity to have a yarn on the phone whenever I could because I was out on this camp for like two weeks at a time. I had no one to talk to. And I was I was sitting on the back of my ute in this dirt patch just near the train tracks outside of Morven in the pitch black. There was no there was no moon in the sky. Like so you could like there was like near near no visibility. Like I, you could barely see your hand. That's how dark it was. And um I was yarning to her on the phone and um you know, we were pretty close, so, um, you know, I was just, yeah, generally having a chat. And then all of a sudden, I was just looking off into the distance where the, where the train tracks were uh, located, roughly. And I'd just seen this, like, this orange light, quite small, you know, uh, just, like, travelling to the right um, of, you know, the horizon. But I couldn't see the horizon, remember, so it's really dark. So where I think the horizon would have been, I seen this big orange light, no small orange light. And as it kept moving to the right, I thought that maybe it was following the road, doing a really big bend around to the train tracks. And like, you know, I thought it was a truck because of the, the color of the light was amber orange. And I thought, 
that's just a lot of uh that's just a lot of lights you know just into one blur sort of like uh bokeh bokeh on a camera like when your lens is out of focus and I, I i was just seeing it moving and it was like slightly getting bigger in the distance and i thought you know what you know that's just the truck so i just kept watching it i didn't think anything of it and then it sort of came to a standstill and i was like all right so this you know the truck's taking a different direction and it's going to come towards me now you know the big bend in the road you, if i'm painting that picture properly i keep watching it and then it just stopped and then i was like I just didn't think anything of it, you know, I was just talking on the phone, yarning away, and then it just started traveling into, uh, to the right of the horizon, like, really quick, and I thought to myself, geez, that's weird, like, I was like, there's no road up there, that's all bush, but I didn't, at this point, I didn't think of, I didn't think anything strange at the time, and then it stopped on a dime, and then it it started bouncing up and down like zigzag vertically like erratically and i thought to myself no that's weird and then it just like i can't even explain how quick it was like it shot to the left all the way to the other like you know all all the way to the left of the horizon and i was like okay that's weird and that's at this point i was on the phone to my ex and i said to her i said uh that's really weird like i just can you hold on a second i'm just i can just see this light and she no i I can see something in the um in the dark and she's just like i did i didn't actually mention to her that i seen a light but because we're really close she's like oh you can see one of those lights can't you and i was just like how did you know that like how did you know i was looking at one of those lights and she's like oh i just had a feeling and I was like, man, this is getting weird. Like, it just kept bouncing up and down erratically. Then it, like, started, like... It didn't, like, go into the sky. Like, it was it was on the ground, like, level. And it just kept bouncing up and down erratically, vertically. And then it just kept going to the left, to the right, bouncing up and down. And I just... I just got, like, really frightened, eh? Like, I, like, I didn't feel... I didn't feel comfortable because I was out there by myself and I was like, this is getting weird. Like at that point I knew that I was looking at a Mimmin light and, and then she's just like, my ex was like talking to me, but I can't remember what she said. And I just like got, I just panicked and I was just like, Hey, you know, Hey Gemma, I've got to, I've got to get out of here. I've, I've got to, I've got to leave. I'm getting freaked out. And then she's like, She's like, I can't remember what she said. I just rushed her off the phone. And and, and then like this, I, I think it was just before I rushed her off the phone when I got really freaked out is the, this is the, this is the part of the story. Sorry if I'm being a little bit scattered. It's just a little bit. It's, 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 it's such a funny story to tell because it was so weird. Um, but the, just before I rushed her off the phone, what had happened was this is the part of the story that was really, it was like the the one thing I've never heard before, like anybody talk about with these men men lights or anything like that. But it it like the the light itself, it started to get bigger, and then another light, like a separate light. It didn't like it didn't split in half, but another light came out of it. So another light came out of this big orange light, and it was like aqua blue. So. If, if you look at like a color spectrum, like the, the negative color of that amber orange 
would be like aqua blue. It would be at the opposite. It would be at the opposite end of the color spectrum. And that's that's when I really freaked out, and I was like, "Hey, Gemma, I've got to go. I'm getting freaked out." And it was just like at that point, like I'd never been like like when that happened. I honestly felt pretty frightened. Like I'd never been like frightened of like the unknown like that before. Like you know, if I was getting chased by someone, I know what's happening next. Like I, I know what to prepare for. Like. You know, if somebody's chasing me, like a person, I know that they're probably going to attack me. I know how to prepare for that. Um, but yeah, when this split into two, like the lights, the orange light was getting bigger and I was just like, man, this thing's getting closer. And then it just split into two lights. Like I sort of felt like it recognized me. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it was aware that you were there. Yeah, because like not only was it erratically bouncing, and the light was getting bigger, but another light like come out of it. So, like, I'll, I'll I'll explain why why that's a significant part of the story. Like after I finish this story, but like, so I'll, I'll, the next part of the story is when you know I try to get away. Like I try to evade the situation, and um, like the contextual part of the story where I mentioned my youth. My 2007 rodeos, I never had a problem with it. When I jumped in my car, it didn't start. Like, it didn't start. I I was turning the key. I didn't have a single bit of power from from my battery. No dash lights, no, no starter motor, nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's when I freaked out. I mean, like, I was turning this thing and looking at this thing in my rear vision mirror parked. And I just, like, I was just, like, man, what am I going to do? And I'm just, like, I'm, I'm literally, like, hitting my accelerator, turning my key, like, trying to get this to show any signs of life. And then all of a sudden, all my dash lights just came on. And I just, like, literally just uh, unintentionally did this massive skid in the dirt. And I'm driving towards this road in the dark and like my lights on my ute were like pretty average because out, you know, in the desert where there's like no street lights and there's no moon and I had these crappy orange lights on my ute, I'm trying not to run into the ditch. Like that's on the side of the road because like that area floods. So they've got this big, they got this big drain on the side of the road and I had to find a little driveway so I didn't stack it into the, into the drain. And like I'm trying to drive careful and fast at the same time, and I'm like, man, looking at these lights, and they're like erratically bouncing. Like I just, like they 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 didn't get any bigger or closer from you know where I was before I tried to start my car. But like, man, they were there. Like that, I could tell how far they were because I knew exactly how far away those train tracks were from where I parked my car. And I, I'm gonna say less than a k. I, I'm gonna say those lights were less than a k from me. Oh like, wow, way less, way less than a k. Like between five and eight hundred meters. Yeah, that's really close, isn't it? Man, I'm I'm like I'm get I got on the road and I'm literally in second gear doing hundred and ten Ks trying to get away. And in that piece of shit Ute, like, you know, old Ute, like it's no it's no it's a very good reliable Ute, but you know, hundred Ks in second gear is ridiculous. And I could not get away fast enough. Like I was looking in the lights and they were just bouncing crazy. So I drove all the way back to camp. That was an hour drive in the dark, man. 
and there's kangaroos on the road. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying not to hit a kangaroo. Yeah, yeah. Those those country roads they can be super dangerous because you know there's a lot of lot like a lot of just loose cattle in those areas too. Yeah, man. Yeah, like definitely. And I know this because I work on that road, stretch of road every day. Oh well, I did. So I got back to camp, and I just happened to like so. I I told I told my partner who I'm with now that I was going um, on this podcast, and uh, because I told her this story years ago, because um, we've been together uh, going on eight years now. And um, she, like, when I originally told her this story, she was just like, hey, I know that story. I think you've told me that before. And she goes, hey, wait on. Just the other night, she said to me, she goes, oh, she goes, you called me that night. So at some point of that night, I was so, like, panicking. She said that I actually rang her up when I got back to camp because I just sort of met her at the time. So this is back in 2012. Ten years ago, we've been, been together almost eight. So she said that I called her up. And I was freaking out and I was like throwing up on the phone. And I don't even remember that detail. She's like, yeah, you rang me up that night and told me about it. And then you just started like throwing up on the phone. And I was just like, did I really? She's like, yeah, you did. Because she said to herself, hey, she goes, hey, I know this story. She's like, hey, you rang me that night, actually. And like, yeah, it was it was crazy. And um, I got back to camp and my brother was talking to these um. Uh, two other Aboriginal boys we were working with, they were also brothers on the camp, and they were just having a yarn outside of the um. The, their last name was Page. They were the Page brothers. We called them. Um, they um, yeah, they were just having a yarn outside the Dongers, and I must have just finished throwing up on the phone, and I just walked over to them, and I was just like, hey, I just you know they were just having a yarn, and when it was my turn to speak, I was like, oh, I just seen something, and. You know, my brother being my brother, like, he doesn't really believe anything unless he sees it. He just dismissed it, and I sort of just, like, yeah, sort of just, like, forgot about it after that night. But, like, still to this day, like, I still, um, yeah, I I, I can still, pretty much, that, that that's the end of the story. Like, I can recount, like, you know, a lot of it. But, that you know, the way I told that story probably sounded a bit scattered, but, like, you know, in my head, like, I can relive all those moments, like, pretty clear like 10 years 10 years later um you know I, I still remember exactly where i was and what it looked like and you know how it behaved and everything and yeah that was no truck i'm telling you right now especially especially when that other light popped out of it like that's when i really i really shit myself then i, I was yeah that that's when it all changed when that light popped out yeah and you know what it it I think you did a really fantastic uh, retelling of the of the encounter because you know it it was obviously something that was quite terrifying for you and to to kind of relive those moments you know they can be quite difficult to really um, kind of talk about them in in a way that doesn't sound like you're you kind of fabricating anything or anything like that so but the thing is man that is just like a play by play min min encounter. I was in a tight spot and everything became like tunnel vision. So like I, I, I was aware of everything that was going on and everything just stuck with me. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can, I can imagine the, the feeling that you're in because I've, I've been like in the, in the outback when it's that dark and you're right. You, you can barely see your, your own hand in front of you. 
And the and the thing is, man, I don't know about you, but I, I reckon there's a lot of spiritual energy out there. So 100%. it's one hundred percent. It's crazy to 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 think that like these lights weren't there for you because I, I very much have the impression that they were because these things almost seem like they were trying to to lure you to them. Um, which is very much a kind of a, a bit of a folklore when it comes to the to the Minmin line is that they kind of want you to follow them and, and lead you away into into absolutely nothing. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. No, man, I just, you know, sometimes like, you know, sometimes I think like, I I don't know how many times I've relived this, you know, encounter. Like, it doesn't sound like much to people, you know, listening to this or, you know, people who I tell the story to. Like, it doesn't seem much. It just sounds like you're seeing lights. But when you're actually there by yourself and there's like nothing like the the closest point of contact for me was an hour drive that's how far away it was an hour drive that's like from here to the gold coast you know that's from brisbane to the gold coast that's ages that's how far away my closest point of contact was and i'm thinking like i'm thinking like you know anything could happen to me out here like i don't know what that is or what they do and you know a lot of people have their different views and stories about it but like you know the truth is it is the unknown and um you know i think it's a very um reasonable feeling for me to have to be afraid of the unknown oh mate a hundred percent it's i think anyone in that situation would would kind of have that same reaction especially with your vehicle not turning on Um, that that is that that specific part of the story that that no power to the vehicle See, my phone was working, all right? So that's ele- le- that's that's electronic. That didn't stop working. But my car didn't, right? My car didn't start. And that's I'm not even making that up. That's that's when I really panicked. I've heard that in other stories. And the really spooky part of it is that it just started working. So it's kind of like what was what was in control of making that car not work? Man, if you listen to the old if if you listen to old Mimin light stories, they um there there is there's stories of uh electronics not working there's uh you know when the lights get close uh people have tell stories about their cars just turning off like just dead in the border yeah definitely and i i i closely relate my experience to those stories and that that that's when like you know i i 
you know, growing up, I heard these stories, you know, just bouncing lights and stuff like that. Like, I wasn't like a... I didn't... I didn't ever think I was going to see one. You know, I didn't... I didn't know if I ever wanted to see one. It just happened. You know what I mean? Like, I... I don't believe these are a certain anything. You know, folklore is one thing, but, you know, seeing it is another thing and feeling it's another thing. Like, I... You know... Man, I was frightened. That was that, that was no nice spiritual experience. Like, if, if, if other people think it was like that because I I don't know what was going to happen you know I didn't have any preconceived ideas what it was so I didn't know what to expect so I just needed to get out of there each of these encounters that people have with women men men lights always seem to to be really really kind of unique because there's the there's this kind of stereotypical one which is kind of like the one that you you experience where you know they they see this this light out on the distance and it's doing things that just doesn't really seem possible by like a car or a truck or a motorbike like anything by like physics that. yeah by anything we can produce yeah yeah exactly Nothing. in the most random time of the night yeah yeah well that's that's exactly it it was like about nine or ten at night by the way like there's like you know it could have been a truck you know to start with but when it started doing that other stuff i'm telling you right now it was no vehicle yeah yeah exactly. no ways no ways I know what I saw. Hey, like people might be like, oh, you know, it's this or that. I'm telling you right now, it was not a car. It was not a truck. And that's the that's the thing that's kind of been stigmatized with the Min Min Light is that it is just so easy for people to say, no, mate, you just saw a truck or you just and saw, these you saw people, a car. They're, just, they're, they're so skeptical. Like, un- unfortunately, these people never experience something like that. Unfortunately, like... Like, I, I don't know what it was. I just know what we call that phenomenon. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what it is. But I experienced the phenomenon. I know what that was. Like, it fits It fits the bill. And it's and it, what I really like about the, the Min Min, like, it's just so uniquely Australian and even almost uniquely a Queensland-based phenomenon, the way it well, happened. It is very Queensland. It's very Queenslander, and it is uniquely Australian. But uh, something I do want to add to this story is, like, since this happened, like, in the, over the last 10 years, I've always, like, had an open mind. And, um, you know, I listen to other Indigenous stories, uh, particularly um, Native American, because we have a lot of... Um, we have a lot of similarities and, you know, uh, just a lot of things like any um, any other uh, um, Indigenous people in Australia know what I'm talking about. Like, we see a lot of similarities with each other. So, like, when I listen to their stories, how they tell their stories and, you know, stuff in their, um, you know, in their stories, I, you know, they tell, they tell stories about lights too. And, um, you know, I was listening and watching some of them them and i'm like man that's that sounds just you know that sounds very similar to my encounter like they have lights there too but they don't know what they are either they call them something completely different yeah over there there, there's a couple of different kind of variants and like i guess it's really region specific to to what they call them but you know like willow wisps um uh i think um like spook lights is another name that they they have over there but yeah, it, it kind of seems like a, each culture kind of has their their own version of this this type of phenomenon, and I think that's actually fantastic because it, it just kind of goes. It kind of shows that 
the this whole world is somehow connected by this i i feel like there's this fine thread in the paranormal there is 100 percent. and like you know before this experience um you know maybe between between that experience and when i left high school so i was about 23 at the time when this happened um we um you know i was up at my you know in my where i'm from in torres strait i was on thursday island and uh i just remember being down on the wharf late at night because that's sort of the you know the thing to do around there like people go night fishing and um one of my you know elders just happened to be doing like a you know just doing his nightly walk and he he, he walked down to the wharf and you know we were just there having a yarn it was actually a beautiful moment um and you know, he was telling us stories about about lights that he used to see when, you know, they used to go out night fishing in the islands, you know, night spearing and all that sort of stuff. And he used to talk about, you know, how they believed that, you know, the green and the, uh, like he used to see green and red lights, um, you know, do all sorts of crazy movements. And, um, you know, when they'd be approaching an island and they'd see like a red light on the island, they'd, they'd know not to go out there. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he has his beliefs that, you know, the, the certain coloured lights would be, you know, good or bad sort of thing. And, you know, that's um far north Queensland. So that's, um well, it's it's off the tip of Queensland. But, um you know, there's those stories just from just from that one man who was telling us um he's actually like my, um uh, like my, my grandfather's uncle. So he's, he's quite an old man. And he has a lot of stories, but um, yeah, he's um, you know, like I see a continuity, a continuity with all these stories. Like they're they're not, they're, they might be the same phenomenon, they might be different variants, maybe. But like, you know, everyone's got these stories about these lights, and you know, I don't know if I'm, I just don't know if I should feel privileged. Or I, you know, I was, you know, I guess I'm lucky in a way, but, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm sort of just happy that I'm able to tell the story. Yeah, well, and you know, that's a, that's a really cool viewpoint to have because um, a lot of people, and it really depends on their their perspective because you know a lot of people in the indigenous cultures, and not that I want to speak for them on on their behalf, but you know, they they potentially see the the min min as something quite quite dangerous that you don't really want to want to mess with but the the way that you kind of had your encounter is very much down that path of like there was a lot of fear kind of associated with it but you came out of it with a with a almost a changed mindset about the 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 goings on in australia yeah well i'll just like i did i did leave out like a part of this story um a part of this story where like it's not like a critical part of the story but you know i'll just add it in there just for the record so like there was a point like when i got back to the camp that i do remember ringing my stepfather so um my um you know my mum married this fella uh he's my stepfather um his name's will he i actually called him and he's an aboriginal man and um you know i told him what i saw and you know he told me what his you know his views are on them like um and it sort of like fit the you know the build the situation at the time like i was you know going through a breakup 
and he you know his views on it were like sometimes you know these things uh you know present themselves to you when um you know like as it like uh like a maybe how do i say it like a show of good faith sort of thing like there to help yeah yeah like but it's I don't, a sign I mean, I'm of telling change you right now i don't feel like that I didn't feel like that. <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, like, you, you know, that's how, you know, some people's beliefs, but I didn't feel like that at all. Would you ever want to see it again? Oh, man. Hopefully, like, if I ever do experience this again, like, if I'm with someone and we can make that call at the time, but I don't want to, like, like, I just feel like now I've got too much to lose because I've, uh, you know, a two-year-old daughter and I don't want to ever like sort of jeopardize that um being a father to her so I don't I don't think that like you know it's still the unknown I don't know if it's gonna mess with me mentally or um I just I'd, I'd never I'd never put that at risk like I'd you know where it might you know change the way I'm you know a father to my daughter yeah, no, and so I like I totally you know respect I mean? that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's, like if I if I was like with somebody who you know, who was very close to me, like one of my mates, like one of the boys, like definitely not my missus, because like, you know, one of us has to be there for the for our kid. But um, you know, if it was real I really close with one of my boys, I'd be like, you know what, let's stick around for this. You know, like we'll be fine together, but you know, if I was with my missus, I'd say, let's go. I, and I get that. I get that. Like you said, you know, you are, you know, you're seeing something that is unknown, something that's uncategorized. And it, it at the end of the day, you know, it could potentially be something dangerous. We, we just cannot assume anything at the end of the day because we don't know anything. Yeah, man. And, um, you know, like what I mentioned with the, uh, you know, with the stories of, uh, the brothers and sisters over in America, um, you know, when they tell their stories, it's like, I feel like there's a continuity there and I'm always open to, I'm always got an open mind to, um, I've always got an open mind to what it could be. So, you know, for a very long time, I've been trying to look for that, that, that one detail in anybody's stories like anybody's stories i've listened to like i'm not like obsessed with hunting down you know a story that sounds like mine but like you know every now and then i do look for them and you know that's how i ended up listening to this podcast and um because it was aussie as well you know and um i I just i still to this day haven't heard of another light popping out of you know the first light and that's um yeah that's one that's one thing that'll always stick with me like I was just like yeah I've, at that time like everything just came together at once like you know in that one moment I thought to myself I've never heard of that what just happened let's get out of here all at the same time you know all at the same time man like and you know while noticing that light just got bigger and you know I associated with light getting bigger as getting closer it makes sense doesn't it and like if you I, like if, if i if i can just describe what the light looked like so i just let all the listeners like sort of paint a picture in their head like if you if you were looking through like a camera and you're looking through the lens and you defocused your lens and it was just a big 
it was just a blurry light. Like you could literally do this out on the street to like a, a street light and you just blurred that defocus that lens and you got a big blurry light. It was like in the distance, in the complete dark, it was like when it started getting bigger, it just there was nothing in the middle. It was just a big defocused light and no matter how much I try to squint my eyes and try and figure out what it was, it just stayed exactly the same and it didn't have a fine edge around it. It was like it wasn't rough either, but it wasn't like it was like a blurry edge around the light. So like I, I could I could see it, but it wasn't clear, like it was still blurry. And it was like it was a it was like a content like a not a solid colour, it was like a neon colour. Like it was a light, like it was like a blur a big blurry LED light. It was so bright and it didn't illuminate anything on the ground or nothing like that. You know what I mean? Like I could I could I couldn't tell if it was touching the ground or not. And if I was to estimate the size of this light from the distance, it would be the size of a car. Yeah, and you know what? All all just the classic tropes of of min min encounters that I've I've heard for decades, man. It is it is it's a truly fascinating encounter and I, I thank you so much for coming on the show to to share it there lewis but before i let you go tonight i have to i have to give you a little bit of insight to to something that like might give you a couple of answers about what you encountered so uh, a really good friend of mine his name is don mears and he's made a, a couple of uh documentaries called australian skies did one called um search for the min men australian skies 3 search for the min men and if you haven't watched that i'd recommend going and checking that out because him and another friend of the of the show uh Tilly they go out there to to film the the min men and actually have an encounter with one so that might be some some really good food for thought there for you to have a look at that because, that sounds triggering. Yeah, man. <laughs> watch, watch it with a friend for sure. Um, but I think it would, I think it'd be great because you know they they kind of go out to that same region that you had your encounter in. So you might find a lot of similarities to to the stories that they share on there to what you experienced. Yeah, man. Like definitely. Um, I will suss that out. Like- Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.